You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com. Today's episode is brought to you by the best store in the universe. Thousands of shirts, but not really. Shop now and support the show at MaddoxRules.com. Welcome to the best debate in the universe. Every debate in the universe from blockchains to runaway trains. With over 3 million downloads, I'm your host, Maddox. With me is the deputy cadet moderator, Ron Babcock. Hey. And as always, the sultan of swag, Mikey Bolts. Thank you, Maddox. And our junior journalist, Taylor Nikolai. (laughs) Welcome back to the show. Guys, big show today. Exciting show. Uh, and This is going to be one of the most interesting debates we've ever had. And we have an amazing guest this week. The debate this week is, what's the solution to the trolley problem? I'm going to explain a little bit about what that is later on in the show when we get to the debate. But first, he's an author of three books, a public speaker who's given 60 keynote addresses, has appeared in Forbes, New Scientist, and RT, and is the head of the blockchain for the Hyperloop. Please welcome to the show, Federico Pistano. Federico, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, this is, you have such an amazing career, an amazing background. Your book is... Robots will steal your job, but that's okay. Yeah. Now, that's an interesting title. Why should people be okay with that? Uh, obviously, it's counterintuitive because people think, hey, if robots are going to take my job, that yeah, that, that, that kind of sucks, especially if it's not just truck drivers, but it's accountants and lawyers and And everything was all right until these goddamn robots came into the country Yeah. started taking our jobs. All our manufacturing yeah. jobs. Yeah. They took our jobs. He's a good guy, though, robot. <laughs> So yeah. you think it's a good thing, though, that, that companies are modernizing and replacing the workforce with robots? So on one side, this is a, an incentive for the market to, to automate as much as possible because you want to provide you know, better services at a lower price. That's ephemeralization, back Mr. Fuller's. So. Right. The, the problem with that is um, I think you know, societies work in paradigms, and paradigms usually go along with technology. So we invented agriculture that created certain behavioral organizations within a society that allowed, for example, for more complex organizations and for bigger cities. Um, essentially, modern medicine changed everything. So we used to make you know, five or ten children per family just because one or two may survive and then take care of you when you're old. That's kind of the plan. The Oregon Trail. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So if you have a survival rate of 10%, you have to make 10 babies to have one that survives. That's what I keep telling people. Don't make so many kids. And here's the thing. (laughs) I found found the uh, the ideal strategy to win at Oregon Trail. All right? I found out you can save a shit ton of money and spend that money on axle wheels and oxen (laughs) if you just don't clothe your, your children. Yeah. Like, let them run naked. You don't need that money. Like children don't know, don't understand anything. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you're interested in playing Oregon Trail, Target has released a nostalgia item where you can play the Oregon Trail for twenty five dollars. You know, oh, twenty five dollars. How about I pay zero dollars and play it online for free? Because it's all it's available for free everywhere. Where? Every website. Like, there's all sorts of educational websites. Like, oh, hey, you want to play the Oregon Trail? I'm like, fuck yeah, I do. Yeah, don't you know the Oregon Trail Cafe down the street? It's awesome. <laughs> I don't know why we, we go went in. to this tangent of the Oregon Trail. <laughs> because we were talking about uh, how you don't need that many kids to survive oh, and the I carrying see. capacity of Earth uh-huh. and the carrying capacity of your wagon in Oregon right. Trail. Why did which... we all play Oregon Trail? Because it was a school mandate thing. Yeah, it was a school yeah, mandate. I remember playing in school, and the thing that sucked was I could never shoot anything. Was it, it was supposed, like impossible. Uh, was it supposed I, to yeah, teach logic, or like what was the... It was supposed to teach you that life is hard, and nothing is going to happen the way you, you thought know that it was. I just realized that I thought you meant something else. That's why I was laughing. I have no idea what Oregon Trail is. Oh, because, oh. uh, of course, there is no Oregon in Italy. So that's, <laughs> that's probably... More. In what? Italy, it would probably be called like uh, the, the Pisa Trail or something, <laughs> the, right? The Pisa. <laughs> Pisa. You know, the... the guys have a yeah the yeah. city pizza yeah i went to pizza okay. i did i went i made a beeline to that uh the fucking stat you know the tower mm-hmm. the leaning tower yeah did the boner thing and then just got out of there okay i got some mexican food at this place called el gringo and okay. it- <laughs> did you Great. like you go all the way to possibly the best place in the world for food together with japan and you get a shitty mexican i, I, I had well i always try that's one of my favorite things when i travel is i love to i have a rule of thumb the further from mexico you go the worse the mexican food uh-huh and yeah, pizza was the worst Mexican food I've ever had. I, I no doubt. So uh, when you, why would you terrible. ever? Do- when you lie down and did the boner thing, did you lie in a way where the leaning tower looked like it was drooping, or it, the other way where the leaning tower looked like it was like kind of erect, like erect? Yeah, oh, of okay. course. Yeah, yeah. I got like like a real stiff 
iffy. <laughs> it was really cool. Everyone was impressed. All the other tourists were of like, course. oh my gosh, look what he's doing. No one's, no ever, one's done ever done, done, no one's yeah. ever done that before. Yeah. Yeah. I always, when, if I go, I want to lay in my stomach and make it look like it's coming out of my butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's also <laughs> never never been done See, before. that's no cool. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not, right. I'm not that impressed with, with uh, humanity's uh, ability to reproduce. I just, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, okay, I get it. You stuck your dick in How someone. How about the ability yeah, to, curb, dick in uh, yeah. to <laughs> curb the the growth? That's that's impressive. That, that is impressive, but no one's come up with a uh, an ethical solution for that. <laughs> well, they could just make it, you know how they give you like a, a tax write-off if you have kids, if you have dependents. If you start making it so that you actually get a tax break for not having kids. That's what they do. That's what they do in China. So so people in China, they're like, oh, you can only have one kid. I mean, it's a it's a hard and fast rule, but uh, they if you if people do have multiple kids, they don't make you put them down. They just they just they just give, make it very expensive for you with disincentives yeah, and taxes and things like that. Yeah. So that's essentially what China's done to curb the the population. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, um, the, the 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 biggest contributing factor for curbing the population historically has been to educating kids, especially girls who didn't have access to education. That's you know. As soon as they know that they're not just factories for babies, and they're like, "Oh shit, I can like I can do stuff. I can earn my own money." Then yeah. they're like, "Yeah, fuck that. I'm not gonna have baby when I'm 14." Well, Federico, mm-hmm. you're in luck because that's what this show is all about: is educating little girls. And that, <laughs> <laughs> what, we should get about to the debate. Sexual proudness. <laughs> not that, but <laughs> but we should we should get to the debate this week, which is. What is the solution to the trolley problem? Wait, what, so, so what, is, what is the trolley problem? The, the classic trolley problem yeah, is that there's him... a runaway trolley, right, barreling towards, uh, down, down a track, and in front of the track is five people who can't move. And then you have the option to switch tracks to another track where one person is tied to the track. So the question is, should you switch the track? Should you take out the five people or the one which is more ethical or is there an ethical choice to make that is the debate this week what is the solution to the trolley problem and there are many different variations of it and we're going to talk about it and it's very applicable to today's contemporary artificial intelligence and self-driving cars because self-driving cars have to make this decision all the time yeah uh well not all the time but it is something that may come up with self-driving cars so that's the debate this week before we begin the debate though Now's your chance to vote on madcastmedia.com. If you want to leave us a voicemail, the voicemail number is on the website. Call in, leave us a voicemail. You'll have a chance of getting it played at the tail end of the episode. And we also have the news with our junior journalist, Taylor Nikolai. But first, let's hear everyone's buzzer. Here's mine. Federico. There it is. Ron. And Taylor. There it is. And and there's... (laughs) What are you doing, Mikey? I just wanted to have Uh, one. Okay. (laughs) And, And Mikey Bolts. There it is. Everyone's buzzer. If you guys hear a buzzer during this debate, that means somebody is chiming in to disagree with someone else, point out a logical fallacy or a factual correction, or they just want to interject. But Federico, as our guest this week, what do you think the solution is to the trolley problem? Should you take out the one or the five or neither? I think you can approach it logically, and then, you know, the solution is easy. Yeah. Well, Uh, what do you mean logically? Well, logically is um, if you consider every... All right, let's because there is so many angles to it. If you consider every human being invaluable, you know, and priceless, then there is no solution because infinity, if you'd multiplied by five, is still infinity. Right. Right. Okay. Good but, point. But if you say, hey, no, five lives or five hundred or five million lives are more important than one, then you pull the lever. The thing is, if the one is your child, would you pull the lever? And then you're like, ah, I don't know. Yeah. So. Um, the, the the issue is we should take away, I think, the human factor in those decisions um, and try, well, first of all, there should always be a third option where you don't kill anyone. But sometimes there isn't. And the, the trolley problem isn't a very good one because like, why is this guy tied to the fucking tracks? Yeah, like, what's he doing? just pull him out. A villain or, put him there. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. He did some bad shit. Yeah. So with, with, with self-driving cars, it's much more real because it's actually yeah. happening now. Let's talk yeah. about self-driving cars yeah. because this is a real situation. I think there was a scenario where somebody, a programmer, had to decide what the car was supposed to do in the scenario that you're going down a, a very tight two-lane highway on a cliffside, right? And if there is a group of protesters in front of you and the brakes don't function, there's a very real scenario. If the brakes malfunction in this car, it can't stop. It has a choice to make. Does the car go off the side of the cliff and kill the driver to preserve the lives of the uh, protesters or the pedestrians? Let's just say they're not even protesters. They're just pedestrians who don't see you coming, who can't move for whatever reason. Do you 
program the car to take the driver's life or do you have the car barrel through the pedestrians? What do you think? Right. I mean, you know, as a society, I think we would agree that killing fewer people is better than, you know, killing more people. But the car manufacturers and the insurance companies have already made it clear that they preserve the, the life of the driver, otherwise they won't be selling cars. So unless they're compelled to, by the law, yeah. that's what they do. Yeah, because now car manufacturers have kind of put their thumb on the scale and said, no, we're going to make sure the car always protects the drivers because nobody wants to buy a car if they think that the car might kill them in a push-come-to-shove decision. Well, I never even thought of that. So, like, yeah. competing car companies might say, our car is not going to kill you. Their car will. Yeah. Whoa. Or they'll say, our car will preserve the most life. Whoa. So now we're getting into some really, mm -hmm. really, uh, really dicey territory with this technology. Now, here's what I think. And I think that there may be a solution to the trolley problem, and here's what it is, and no one's going to like it. <laughs> Eventually. Ready. What's that, Mikey? Get my buzzer ready. Your, your buzzer ready. That's fine. Because you know what that buzzer signifies? What's that? Is you guys are lesser minds. <laughs> if you disagree with this Obviously. brilliant assertion. Now, here's where technology is headed, right? China already has CCTV cameras. If you guys don't know what that is, CC is closed circuit television. It's basically monitoring, you know, surveillance cameras everywhere. And they have a large network where they're able to, in real time, scan and recognize people's faces. We already see that technology every day on Facebook where you post a photo and it asks you to tag your friends. It knows your friends are in this picture with artificial intelligence, right? We're probably not too far off from a future where cars in real time can scan the person you're about to hit, make a quick judgment and analysis on that person's value to society. Like if they have any criminal records, if they, if they are maybe a heart surgeon or a rocket scientist or a politician or somebody that society has deemed Well, China is doing this already. It's called Sesame Credits. Sesame Credits. They're actually yeah. doing this. Yeah, so they're doing this exactly. They've been doing it for about seven years now. Okay. It's in a pilot program. Pilot program of 100 million people. Okay, that's that's amazing. So it's already, this technology's there. I'm, I'm just saying that they're and going specifically to- specifically for cars. So what they're doing is they're, right. they're, they're tracking everybody uh, it's a, it's essentially Black Mirror season three episode yeah, yeah. episode two. Thought this okay. sounded familiar. So um, they give you a credit uh, based on how good of a citizen you are. Yeah. And how good of a citizen is if you recycle, if you you know if you pay your taxes, but also if you don't say anything against the government or if you don't right. write controversial articles right. or have podcasts where you swear. Well, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. But so so this. <laughs> So this is fuck. This I just is, lost a sesame credit. Yeah, this is technology. There was a, this made headlines recently. I think I saw an article on the BBC where China employed this technology to give someone a ticket for jaywalking. Mm -hmm. They recognized her because that's really hard to track down if there's no, no, you know, not an active police officer there to write that citation. But they found her and they sent a ticket to her house mm -hmm. because they recognized her with this artificial intelligence system. Yeah. Now I'm saying that in cars they may employ this in the future because the question is. Who are you going to hit, right? What if the people in front of you you're going to hit are a bunch of Nazis? All right, no, not, not too many people lose sleep over taking out bad people. But if the car has except to make that decision. Except their families, maybe. Except their family, what do you yeah, mean? Yeah, if you kill like 10 people, even if they were like bad according to you, maybe they weren't so bad according to their kids and their wives and, you know. Well, that's a good point. That's a good point. So these are really heavy ethical decisions that car manufacturers cars and programmers have to make i, I thought uh, autonomous like self-driving cars was supposed to decrease debts yes by like a lot yes okay so even if we have these ethical problems like where we're really just kind of zeroing on this on the grand scale wouldn't we be saving Absolutely. a shit ton of lives just yeah. by having millions of about two million people a year yeah, yeah okay that's, that's how many so we gotta save. kill some nazis once in a while like i mean I'm fine with well, that. No, but the thing is, uh, you you can never get to zero. Like what, whatever system you have, let's say airplanes, right? Um, airplane fatalities have gone down to practically zero, but sometimes someone just dies. Now, in an airplane, you you don't get to choose who lives and who dies. Kind of everyone dies. Uh, if there is a plane crash and one survivor, it's like a miracle. But if you could selectively choose who survives, that's an ethical problem. Even though you are getting to the point where almost no one dies. At some point, someone does, and you might want to say, well, we should leave it to chance. Like, have a true number generator that decides whether it's going to go straight or go left or whatever. Always then keep everybody guessing. Kind of like just that. keep everyone on their toes. Okay, wait a second. I think that might be a solution to the trolley problem if you have 
So if you have the if you have the car, who's it gonna be this time? Yeah, it could be just pure <laughs> I mean, chance. It's fair. It's chance, right? Uh, on on the other hand, it's like okay, if you want to preserve human life, or if you want to preserve the human driver, or if you want to preserve the you know corporate powers or the state power or whatever, that is always very slippy territory. Very slippy because as soon as you let's say you you're you're going from New York to California to, to Los Angeles, right? Right. You're <clears throat> traveling and you may end up having 12 different legislations in each state where in one, it's random. In one, you get killed. In one, you kill. And in another one, you don't know. Just going across the country. Well, we're not united whatsoever, right? Is that what you're saying? Like, what are you... No, what I'm saying is that it's very messy and there isn't a clear-cut solution, um, especially when you have competing interests and powers. Um, and that's why, you know, sometimes uh, randomness can be fair. Now, there is a question whether true randomness exists because of quantum oh, mechanics, but... That yeah. is a question. Yeah, that is an interesting question. I When you, when you get into uh, deeper into computer programming and you start to learn how random functions, you know, random functions work, how the backbone of the computer industry basically creates randomized numbers, which is a very, very important thing mm -hmm. for computers to be able to do. Yeah. To, for any number of things, to seed, uh, you know... Uh, to seed graphics and seed algorithms and seed all sorts of different things. These random generators are basically, you, you can kind of reverse engineer a lot of them. Yeah, so one, one interesting thing is you can use biological systems uh, uh, to create a pseudo uh, random number generators for aleatory functions. So for example, in the few years ago, um, uh, what is the name of that um, service to cache uh, Cloudflare? They had uh, 500 lava lamps with high with, with oh, high yeah. resolution cameras and they were looking at these lava lamps and how they were creating the bubbles yeah. which is completely random and unpredictable and based on that they were feeding into a function to create our essentially um, you know RSA DSA yeah. kind of pr public private keys for their for their servers and their clients yeah it's very diff this is a very non trivial difficult problem to create a random number truly random number you can't like it's there there are very few things in life that are actually random. I I don't know if anything is really random. I would Probably I would not. make the argument that that most things are not random. No, they're not. You know, even even uh, I think our understanding of atomic motion, which used to be called Brownian motion, right? They kind of uh, so you backed can, away from so that. So you 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 can. I mean, the, there is never a hundred percent certainty, but uh, quantum mechanics, which is you know the study of how things behave at the sub molecular scale actually it's subatomic scale right so smaller than single than single particles um, or let's say how an electron moves um, those things even though you can't predict with hundred percent certainty they are by far the best estimate of any science we've ever had it's up to the 11 decimal places so it's 99.9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
like totally, I think I love him. <laughs> she like covered there the bases. There was ba- also a, a like and I mean in between. Yeah, it just covered the bases. Actually, yeah. totally, literally. I, I can't. Like, I mean, wow. I can't even. I. <laughs> the, the, that's Is a that deal what the breaker. autonomous driving cars are going to do? Oh, I can't even. Yeah, the car's just going to throw its hands up in the air and say, I can't even. And then it's just going to plow a, a family of pedestrians. <laughs> I understand we have all these like theoretical like back and forths, but like, why don't we just actually work on the physical design of the cars like you know snuggies yes yes <laughs> like why are we making this shit out of metal we can make mm-hmm. it out of whatever we want if all these cars are gonna go on the road yeah, we gotta decide yeah. what goes into them yeah. fucking let's make this shit soft yeah. so okay yeah we might kill a couple people but we can decrease those numbers if we make shit soft <laughs> something's gotta go on oh, the outside I had this of the idea car of having a big bumper around the car so when you hit something you just do 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 do, do like a pinball yeah i mean they okay. might but- hurt their leg but there is a point where okay we got to make the decision but we can also make a decision to make this yeah, shit i'm sure soft. no one has ever thought of that and yeah, no one be- has ever tried because well, i mean they're obviously cars. not trying that hard they're making this stuff out of hard metal <laughs> yeah because this isn't nickelodeon and we're not- <laughs> we got we got these look at these things on the wall right now these pads these cushiony yeah. they're co- they're covering this so, room so we- let's let's review like the mechanics. I like how this is a crazy idea let's, let's make cars no, soft let's, let's, oh we can never do that but we can make them drive by themselves across the country so let's Who review did, the mechanics did. of going you know 120 kilometers an hour or for you know barbarian units what 80 miles an hour um, sure down somewhere with something that weighs maybe a ton or a half a ton uh-huh. Do you think uh, again, that again <laughs> soft stuff is yes. a lot less weight sure. than metal. So sure. you're gonna drop that half ton to like what, a couple hundred pounds? Sure. I think 200? the amount of foam you would have to put is probably like fifty meters of foam. Too. What if but we but we, listen, we are having advancements on autonomous driving technology. Sure. We you don't know the kind of advancements we're gonna have in the world of foam. Now you have <laughs> you have big foam out there currently uh researching things like flubber. <laughs> You know, and there was a, there was a documentary made about that. Okay, I'm getting yeah. just... okay. I think that this is this has gone too far. Uh, I don't think it's gone far enough. That's no. my point. No, but uh, the interesting thing is that you can you can actually create meta materials with you know uh, different ma- techniques and nanotechnology, especially um, to have a single shell that protects the driver, and then this thing kind of shoots like a bullet anywhere, so the rest of the car can get destroyed, but this thing remains intact. Okay, that's so kind of like what, what Tesla did. What if on the did. front of the car we have like a, an actual giant baseball glove, <laughs> <laughs> and like it'll catch the family you know, of five and like scoop them up, you know, and then it'll I, I squeeze should, I should them. Call up Elon and say, "Hey, I got the solution for got you. Got the solution. I got the Dude, solution. Your car's going to be shit. Give me the number. Giant, I'll hit him up myself. You, so fucking... do you work with Elon Musk himself? No, no, I, I don't work okay. with Elon Musk. Now, have you ever met him? Um, would he know your name? No, I don't think he would know my name. But we have a lot of common friends, and I think we will if meet. If he at saw some you point. on the street, like, would he be like, "Oh, hey"? Like, Probably would he give not. You a nod? Probably not. Okay. Does but, he have uh, his own clone? Uh, which <laughs> one? these are good questions? These are really important questions. Which one? Elon's. No, no, no. Which clone? Because you know the different occasions. No, cologne, different... not clone. Oh, cologne. Oh, I cologne. thought you said yeah. clone. No, we I'm know sure he, he has, has many. A clone. Yeah, yeah we all know he has his own clone. Got, There's a five-year-old, a twelve-year-old. Yeah, it's it's called uh, um, scent of musk. Scent of. Oh, no. hey, there it is. There you go. <laughs> Very good. And it's not even my native language. I know. That's killing it. Killing it. So I want to talk a little bit more about this trolley problem. Let's not get uh, too far off from this because there are very many variations of this. There is. So the original one, I think, was the Switch. That was the one from uh, Pitch in 1967. Then there's the Fat Man. Okay, this yeah, is that's, that's the stupidest one ever. Well, Ooh, no, because I got Christ. one that's that's really stupid. Was, was <laughs> you may want man? to the Fat Man one. Okay, so you have the trolley <laughs> heading towards somebody who's tied on the track. You don't have enough time to get to the person who's tied on the track, but you do know that the trolley can be stopped by a heavy object. There's a very fat man standing right next to you. <laughs> very fat. Very fat. Do we know how fat? Yeah, yeah like su- morbidly obese. Yeah. And you have the ability to push him onto the track to stop the trolley. Do you do that? Oh, now, wow. the, the, yeah. immediately, if you're not a philosophy student, you start to think of the mechanics of this object falling and if actually this thing would stop the fucking trolley. Well, let's so, say it does for the sake of argument. Space. For, for the sake of argument, it does stop the trolley. Yeah. Do you do that? Then there is another variant. I mean, maybe of that. he's so fat that his his body just accepts the trolley. <laughs> uh, like a glove. If you yeah. give him a glove, then he would yeah. stop the trolley. Yeah. He, he just puts his mouth in front of it and he eats it because he thinks it's a flying hot dog. And yeah. we're in Nickelodeon again. So then there is there is the fat villain. 
This mm. is a variant of that. So you know that the person who's fat is also a villain. So it takes out the ethical quandary of are you killing an innocent person? Well, the question is, does he have a white cat that he's petting? Because the cat is really innocent. So The she... cat is also a villain. Oh, he's also a villain. So oh, it's, villain cat. it's a fat villain with a fat villain cat. <laughs> okay. So do you push that? And then there's another version of it where there's, oh man, there's so many stupid ones. There's the man in the yard. This one was pitched in 1992. It's just a bunch of dipshits, I think, at this point, who just want to glom on to this philosophical argument or a philosophical quandary. So, they, so this one is, okay, so get this, all right? There are two trolleys barreling towards each other, they, you know, potentially, and one is going to hit a group of people, but you can switch the track so the trolleys hit each other. However, the trolleys are going to roll down the hill and kill a man resting in his hammock. Do you... Do you <laughs> like, okay. this is, this, these are real ones that people pick. They're essentially created to sell philosophy books uh, for new generations. I think so, yeah. but by far the, the dumbest one I found is called The Transplant. And I'm just going to read this to you because I don't even fully understand it, but it says, a brilliant transplant surgeon has five patients, each in need of a different organ, <laughs> each of whom will die without that organ. Unfortunately, there are no organs available to perform any of these five transplant operations. Fucking A. A healthy young traveler just passing through the city the healthy, doctor works in. A healthy young traveler, full of organs. Full of organs, yeah. Comes in for a routine checkup. In the course of doing the checkup, the doctor discovers that his organs are compatible with all five of his dying patients. Suppose further that if the young man were to disappear, no one would suspect the doctor. Do you support the morality of the doctor to kill that tourist to provide his healthy organs to those five dying persons and save their lives? Mm. What do you guys think of that one? I think we already have laws for that. <laughs> yeah, well, but this is... We're talking, you know, we're not talking about what's illegal or legal. We're just talking about what's ethical. Right, Should he, right, does right. he but, have? But those laws exist for a reason. Like, oh, but one of those patients is Hitler. Mm. Mm. Now, you now, see, like you can do whatever with these. Yeah, and like, you're no, like but the thing is, you you can create anything, like you're saying, you know. But the at the end of the day, let's say for fifty years, forty years, whatever, there was no advancement whatsoever in the trolley problem in terms of you know, possible solution. And then in five years, when we're actually confronted with a real life scenario, we are addressing this faster than we ever did before. Yeah, because then nobody has the incentive to be healthy because you're just going to be killed by some doctor for your organs. You don't know that. This is a special scenario. This is a special case. And by the way, so the reason that people have considered the same problem with, is he a villain? Is he fat? Is he whatever? Is because people want to feel good about the decisions they make. Yeah. If it's going to result in, you know, something that's a a loss of life or cause injury to another person. They want to feel good about their decisions. So they want to justify yeah. their actions in their mind. They want to build a narrative that says, okay, well, this person was bad so that it's not the end of the world if they uh, do something against somebody that they find morally duplicitous. I think that's why people are okay with the, you know, the fat villain or, or pushing a villain or, or doing Isn't something like this. this is what the U.S. and almost every imperialist power is doing to justify their own wars. Basically, basically. So you have to vilify whoever you're attacking. Yeah. You have to make them the enemy, right? Remember we did uh, Manifest Destiny? We were like, God has chosen us. Yeah. So we can take over whatever land we want because we're, we're God's chosen people. Right. It's a ballsy doctrine to have. Yeah. 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 I, that's essentially what humanity has done time and time again is they try to vilify. I mean, that's what happened in World War II. You know, the precursor to the Crystal Knight where the, uh, the, the German soldiers went through the town and started bashing all the... Oh yeah, the night uh, of broken glass. Yeah, the night of broken glass. Um, they broke all the uh, the windows and things for the Jewish business owners because they justified it by saying we are suffering because of them. Mm -hmm. Our suffering is at their hands. They're the ones who are putting their thumb on the scale and preventing us from having monetary freedom. They have all the money, et cetera, et cetera, and they just kept vilifying and vilifying yeah, and, and went, vilifying. And then it went all downhill from there because they, they said, okay, these are not just hurting us economically and financially. These are not even people. These are right. subhumans. Right. Uh, these are homunculi. These are, you know, blatters and kind of like... Yeah. Uh, so it, it, that, that narrative was what allowed good, otherwise good people to buy into this mass genocide right. without having too many moral issues. And it was done like step by step, you know, and it, it, there is a great book, uh, it's called the, the Banality of Evil. Mm -hmm. It kind of shows you how, you know, a baker can become a Nazi over a five year period. It's right. just, you know, one step after the other, or and then someone may become a capo. And this kind of narrative, you know, existed for uh, millennia for sure, but 
uh, it was very prevalent uh, up until the Middle Ages that, that these weren't really people. Like it was, it was an accepted kind of established fact. There wasn't science at the time, but it was a fact that these weren't really people. And there was a, uh, a priest, uh, Fra Bartolomeo de las Casas, who actually wrote oh, yeah. a book. He's cool. Yeah. <laughs> who wrote a book um, kind of thinking that maybe these weren't people. They were just different kinds of people. They, they, they weren't not people. They were just different kinds, different of, kinds people, of people. Right. Right. Even though they have different skin and so on. And this was completely revolutionary thought, you know, 600 years ago. There, there, so, so that was kind of like a prog- he was a progressive of their times. Well, absolutely, he so was, he's like, oh, they're people, but they're just di- a little different. I mean, that's that's essentially. I mean, he's not too far off. Everybody, yeah, everybody, exactly right. everybody's a person, just a little bit different, right? Just a little bit different, and the differences between groups. Uh, that's why I don't. I, I find you know identity politics so stupid because the difference between a specific group that you might identify as an ethnicity. Um, so the variance within the group my, uh, genetically is greater than the variance between groups. That's interesting. So the so the genetic variance between you take ten black people, right. you, you, or a thousand black people, you right. may have the difference in genetic uh, makeup between two black people, which is greater than between you and a black guy. That's interesting because the Damn. the skin color is not that much. You no, know, it's, it's not it's, a huge. It's, it's, one, it's I think you know four or ten genes. It's a pigment. It's simple. Yeah. Switch yeah. on and off of one gene, and we have billions of genes. That's so fascinating because the thing that we observe as being hugely different are superficial on a genetic level. very superficial. That's very interesting. So if if all these, like, fucking alt-right dipshits would take a step back and actually try to look at the genetic, I guess, disparities objectively and say that, okay, between, between I guess, a black and white person could have more in common genetically than two... Two individual black people, even though they are, they have or two white the same. people or two white people. That's right. We got to figure out a way to turn that shit on and off so we could like you know change color real that's, quick. That, that's, That'd be cool. It can be possible actually. Yeah. So I mean, we I, just needed to get enough sesame credits. You have about a hundred, <laughs> yeah, about a hundred trillion cells in your body. Uh-huh. Um, so it it would take time, but you can. I mean, right now with some genetic engineering, uh, there is you know um, RNA interference. You can do uh, gene editing, epigenetic interference. Um, you can actually induce um, epigenetic changes. Epigenetic means changes in your genetic makeup after you're born. Federico, so while you're alive. everyone at this table and everyone <laughs> listening to this podcast knows what epigenetics All means. Right, so. I mean, <laughs> Obviously. This isn't our first time to the epigenetic ra- rodeo. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. So... I um, mean, I'm you know me in high school. I was of president of my epigenetics club. Of Ron, random Ron over here. Yeah, Ron, random Ron epigenetics Babcock. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's an awful nickname. But in the future, real not quick, so far what off. does epigenetics mean again? <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't listening. So epi, <laughs> too busy being an asshole. Epi in Greek, uh, I think it means on top, right? So on top of genetics, so it's something that happens after your, you know, ge- so you have a genetic makeup, but. Um, so on top of right. So so okay. what what happens is you have a, you have a bunch of genes, but they need to be expressed. So if a, if a gene is expressed, it produces, for example, it produces certain protein, and that protein you know does stuff in your body. Proteins do most of the work. You know they they're like machines that do a bunch of things for us in our body. Um, you can turn on and off certain genes, um, and this happens in ways that we haven't understood up until very recently, and now we're beginning to understand how these things happen. So for example. Um, there are certain diseases that can that, that you that you only start to develop when you're like 50 or 60 or 70. Well, that because certain genes get turned on at a certain stage of your life because of environmental conditions. So like or Alzheimer's, other things. like right. certain genes get turned Actually, on. Actually, Alzheimer's might have might be uh, a bacterial infection. Uh, so wow. we might be able to treat Alzheimer's with uh, antibiotics one day. I was wondering though. <laughs> Epigenetics, correct? Yeah. How many fat guys are going to be saved from a train thanks to epigenetics? You know, if you can reduce the number to zero, then no fat man will be pushed down the trolley. Okay. So, but back to the trolley question, though. This is, this, that's, yeah, you know, back to Sorry. the whole trolley solution. Yeah, back to the city where trolley yeah. infrastructure is just very out of control. Yeah. So you have, but I mean, we're, we're talking about self-driving cars. <laughs> this is a real problem that... that Programmers are having to deal with, and manufacturers, car manufacturers, are having to deal with this. They have to ha- have a number of considerations. Do we sell a car? Is somebody going to buy a car? Let's go around the table and see who would buy a car that would potentially kill them by decision. Would you, Ron? I mean, that is, is such a, like, a, like, yeah, 
I am. Like, no, I'm not going to buy a car that's going what to kill now? me. Cars can fucking kill you. In fact, if you are between 18 and 35, they're the number one reason for death. So are you buying a car now? Well, yeah. no one's advertising it like that to Ron either. So that's not fair. Okay. Either. What about you, Mikey? Would you buy a car like this? 100%. Okay. Because Mikey's, everything Mikey's that the guy told me was all the greatest things about the car. And I learned that quick. But I'm also knowing that I could drive this thing like a fucking maniac, fly off a cliff, kill someone. But the difference is, is that these big companies know that they can make it safer. But in order to do that, uh, what am I trying to say? Like they're never, it's never going to be zero. Is mm -hmm. that what you were saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, you're never going to not kill someone in that crazy scenario. The only thing you can do is get better uh, with uh, the advancement in technology to can kill the least amount of people. And what about you, Taylor? Would you buy this car? Uh, so the question is, would I buy a self-driving car? Would you buy a self-driving car if you knew that there was a chance that this car would kill you in a scenario where you're going down a, a two-lane road next to a right. cliffside and you have no choice? The car can either veer to the left or veer, veer to the right. Either you're going to get slammed into a wall or go off a cliff. So, so the question is, like, would you buy a car if... You know, knowing that if there was a, a people of protesters and it would yeah. like right, it, it right. went by numbers that you might be the one just who gets bystanders, burned. Right. Just yeah. bystanders. Yeah. I mean, so I, I've said this on the podcast before. Yes. And not only yes, I think legislation for self-driving cars is one of the most important uh, items to legislate in this era. I, I think self-driving cars are going to be the fastest way we save the most amount of lives in this entire generation. Okay, but, uh, you know, you have a lot of car lobbies and you have people who are trying to legislate to make sure. I mean, what if the legislation comes across and it's going to be in favor of the manufacturers I mean, who are just trying to sell cars? It's all about fairness in the end, right? So if, if you have, because well. they've, they've done a lot of experiments on this. If you have a sense of fairness, you're willing to accept things that you might not accept if the conditions were different. So, for example, if I have 10 cookies, okay, and then I say, okay, we are, you know, there is five of us, we're going to get two cookies each. And you're like, yeah, that's fair. But then you find out that there is a whole store of cookies somewhere and there's like two people eating all the fucking cookies and you're like, that's not fair. Yeah. But you didn't, until you knew that, you were like happy with your two cookies. So, so what's the definition done, of fair? Hundreds of experiments like this. And the thing is, if, you, if the legislation required all car manufacturers who produced self-driving cars to act in a certain way, you would buy just because you have no other option and because it's fair to everyone, mm -hmm. right? Right. Because it's the same for everyone. But if two cars, if they have the freedom and you can choose between a car that in the unlikely event is going to kill you or is going to save you, I guess most people would go for the latter, not not for the former. But back to the debate. What were you going to say, Mikey? I was just going to say my, my argument was more about if would I drive a car if, you know, I could die. But if in a, I've thought about this, you know, a self-driving car situation. Um that's scary. That's scary if I don't know, um, not knowing that. I, yeah, you know. But also, I think we have to realize that just us having these self-driving cars are going to make society as a whole safer. And I'm not saying right. that this isn't a problem, but we get obsessed with these details when it's like, no, the real dangerous thing is you driving your own car. Yeah. You yep. know, because we all do it like late at night, we're too tired or whatever. Exactly. Or there's been times where we shouldn't have been driving a car. So like, you know, we're, we're, the ball it, is headed in the right direction. Right, Let's it, just take, I mean, you, you, you can actually calculate um, how far the adoption of self-driving cars is, is being pushed because of this debate as opposed to the number of people who are being saved. So you can calculate, for example, one every 100 million people or whatever, a million people that are you know, crossing the road, um, let's say 100 million will get killed, okay? Now you say, let's say that you know, this debate pushes legislation, kind of delays the whole thing by two years. You say, in two years, we might have saved 240,000 people. And you know, they, they might have been only four or 10 deaths if they were self-driving cars. So essentially you're saying, because you're wasting time in this debate, you're killing 236,996 people. Are you willing to do that as a society? Mm. Yeah, oh, Ron. That's perspective. It's just <laughs> I mean, about perspective. I, uh, what, I, what I'm interested in is like, so we do get self-driving cars, Well, it's not going to happen all at once. So you know there's going to be so many dipshits on the road who's yeah. finally going to see one of these things and they're like, fucking get close to it. Fucking, like, shut up. And they're going to like turn in front of it real quick to make it stop. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to keep driving. Like, they're... I'm going to fuck with it. Like in parking lots and stuff like that, everyone's like, if you're in a self-driving car, you know, people are going to box you in and you're like, come on, man, move your car. I need to go. You know, I'm, Einstein, I won't go. Einstein said there is only two things that are infinite, the universe and human stupidity. <laughs> and I'm not sure about the first. 
I think it, I think it's going to be like cigarettes where like it, it's just going to be fewer and fewer people are going to be driving their own cars because everyone's going to know how unhealthy it is. Unhealthy for to not have one? No, to drive your own car. He's saying that it will that be, would be illegal unhealthy. very soon. Yeah, driving a car will be illegal very it, soon. Yeah, very soon. Very like, what's soon, your I definition mean. of very soon? Less than less than fifteen years. Yes, will be, that was yeah. exactly what I was going. Yeah. To There's going to be an alternate for people who can't afford to. I feel like you know, or maybe will there, okay. be, will there be car to ownership to I buy mean, a car and be a part of this new society? But no, if no, they're it's, gonna, it's gonna be cheaper, ten times cheaper than owning a car. Ten times. I think only the ultra rich are gonna own cars. It's gonna be more like a subscription model where you're just gonna going to call a car exactly. and they're going to constantly so be going. It, because, so 90% of the cost of the car is the driver and the maintenance. All of those things can be cut down to practically zero with self-driving cars. Oh. So you could go from this side of, I, I just paid 25 bucks with Lyft to get here. I could have, if it was a self-driving car, I could have paid two bucks. Yeah. And huh, plus, when okay. they're going to be made out of like velvet pillows, it's going to be cushy as hell. Well, guys, just to wrap up this debate, because we are running out of time, one last time around the table, is there a solution to the trolley problem there is a solution as long as people can find agreement on something and, okay. you know okay well that's age long debate what that's a noble the, answer <laughs> that's the debate on the website and i think that just evidence that there is no solution i'm gonna argue the other side that there is no solution evidence of that is that we've debated so much about this i'm gonna do I'm, my my statement is gonna be someone's gonna die basically yeah. sounds it sounds like sometimes it's unavoidable but that is the debate, guys. Vote on madcastmedia.com. Don't forget to vote on this. I want to see what you guys think before and after listening to this debate. But we should move on to last week's debate. I forgot a recap of last week's debate. Last week, Federico, we debated whether or not you should delete Facebook. And mm -hmm. I put the vote to the audience. And with 73%... Yes! Correct! That's right. Delete your fucking Facebook profile. And yeah. I argued, Are they going to do it? How many of those actually did it? Yeah. You know what, though? Self-righteous assholes. No. A lot of people <laughs> A lot of people are, are doing it. I'm noticing on my... Deleting or deactivating? Well, deactivating because it's... Uh, yeah, deactivating so bullshit. All the data back. is still there. And I'm not sure that if you delete your account, it, the data gets deleted after two weeks or whatever they say. I don't yeah. believe that for a second. Yeah. They found that even tracking data of your movements on Google, I think, that was temporary, even the stuff that you type, but you don't hit wow. search, right. as you type, they, they, every keystroke is recorded. Even when I search in incognito mode? Absolutely. Oh, shit. Incognito, <laughs> it just, it just means that it, that it doesn't store on your own device. It doesn't say anything about remote device. But you know what? At least we all we're all scared of so that. If you want, if you want to be we're private, on the same boat. If you want to do privacy, you have to download um, the Onion, uh, you know the the, the Onion like network. Tor, so Tor, Tor, yeah, and then you run on DuckDuckGo. That's pretty much the way to do it. So I was on Google Docs, uh, real quick. I'm just I was on Google Docs, and it, and it offered some try words free. It's something to help enhance your words but you had to agree to do something on it. It, it, it said, if you want to use this, this company that, that Google's using in order to enhance your words or whatever, um, will have access to and can distribute anything that, like it'll have access to your document. Right. That's why I've had an issue with Google Docs for a while and I can't, yeah. I was talking to you about that. I'm like, where do I put them at your Google Docs? And I'm like, I can't get into it because especially after that, it's just like the terms and conditions of mm. who would have access to that information, what they're going to do with it. And it's even worse now. There's a high cost for free services like that. Yeah, but the blockchain can solve all of that. It can solve the tragedy of the commons and the centralization of power and distribution of yeah. information. Interesting solutions coming up down the pipe, coming down the pipe, I guess. Coming down, coming the, down the Hyperloop? Hyperloop. Yeah. The hyperpipe. Uh, the hyperpipe. Why didn't yeah. you guys call it the hyperpipe? That's fun. Yeah, very fun. I, it has a hey, sex appeal. Pipe yeah. it up! Yeah. You guys want the regular pipe or you want the hyperpipe? Um, I'll have the hyperpipe. I want the long pipe. Yeah, the piping hot hyperpipe. <laughs> also, so also, we should talk about the other part of the debate last week. So, Federico, I went to breakfast with some friends and I got a oh, very delightful fiesta uh, scramble. Okay, a fiesta okay. omelet scramble. And it came with um, a fruit cup and a little thing of cottage cheese. And so a bunch of the bozos on the show last week were attacking me for making a bad purchasing choice. I So I asked the audience. You led with cottage cheese. 
I, I mentioned I got a no, couple you, cottage cheese. Yeah, this is the first time I've ever heard Fiesta Scramble. All I heard was Fiesta, cottage cheese. Fiesta Scramble. I went out for breakfast with a friend, and boy, can't wait to try their cottage cheese. should have recorded cheese. the conversation and yeah. put it on the blockchain, yeah, and then you it. would know if yeah, it was if only, we, if only we had this conversation recorded what somewhere. What do the people say? Yeah, well, I asked the audience, is a Fiesta Scramble with a fruit cup <laughs> worth making? And with 75% of the votes... No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Zing. That means that it's worth purchasing. That's what I'm going to infer from that. Yeah. Fuck you. All right. Yeah. Fiesta scrambles. Very delightful. So we got some voicemails about this. Uh, here's one. The first caller is from the bad hombre because these guys were giving me shit mm. for getting a cup of cottage cheese because it's it's good to eat with your fruit if uh. you get a fruit cup. And these guys are just busting my balls. No respect. It was the units of measurement, I think. I think it was the amount you had. I want to say you said you had a cup, a cup of it. A cup of fruit. But, oh, no, no, no. And a cup of cottage, cottage cheese. You had a cup yeah. of cottage a cheese. A cup of cottage cheese. I just, I've, I've only heard people say cottage cheese. So it's when you said a cup of it, cup I, was, of it. I was like, what? What, do you get a spoon uh, of it? You don't know how much cottage cheese, you, know, you get a scoop of it? It's disgusting. Maybe you get the spoon that's too big, like the Don Hertzfeld's movie. No, it's not like Don Hertzfeld's movie. It's a normal spoon. So anyway, bad hombre called in. <laughs> Defending me. Listen to this. Did you have a banana too? No, I didn't. It didn't have banana in it. Banana is a shitty fruit to He's have. Gonna in live a fruit in a cup. cottage Please. of cheese one day. <laughs> Please. Well, here's the bad hombre. Listen to this. What up, cabrones? Hey, why you motherfuckers hating on cottage cheese, man? You motherfuckers have been broke as a motherfucker and eating some cottage cheese for dinner. Fuck, man. We pour that shit over at tostada with some salt and lime, man. That's a delicious dinner, if you ask me. Fucking haters, motherfuckers. <laughs> hey, give, give this guy a fucking show. Yeah. Dude. We love the bad hombre. You know yeah. I agree favorite. with him, but uh-huh. I still disagree with you. <laughs> How's that possible? I don't know. The way he says it is cool. You see, context. Yeah. Well, we uh, we got another call. So last week I talked about uh, I hit on a clown one time. Okay. I didn't know she was a clown. It happened online. And then I found out she was a clown. So whatever. I, I treat clowns so a the girl same. girl as- who played a clown professionally? Yeah. She was a clown. Hot as shit. So anyway. <laughs> I'm a clown. I'm hot as shit. She's here's a hot business guy. Yeah, she's a hot clown. So here's here's a, a voicemail about that. Listen to this. Hey, Lord, man, it's me. So you like were interested in the clown? Um, did she have a nice set of honkers? <laughs> I hope there wasn't any funny business. And uh, does does she make her own shoes? I'm sure it's no small feat. Oh. I hate myself. Fuck whales. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. No. Terrible. Should have started with oh, that wait, one. Oh, wait. It yeah. was... That that joke was terrible. Oh, gosh. Oh. All right. Terrible jokes. Um, Speaking of, we got a call. So so last week, I talked about my friends who traveled in Europe, and their dog ran away, and they found it. A stranger found it, and then they were you know put in touch with the stranger, and they recovered their dog while they're traveling. And I, I talked about that story. Here's a call about that. Listen to this. Hi. This is uh, Randolph. I heard your story about your friend who was in uh, England and they lost her dog. And I thought I'd call and say that story made me want to shove a beer bottle in my asshole <laughs> and break it, break it and slowly bleed to death. Uh, yeah. Douchebag of the week. Why do you, why does it want to make him I, do that? I don't know. What's wrong with that story? Maybe he watched uh, a little bit too much that, you know, that goat... Uh, goat Goatee, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that... Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. Goat sex. Uh, anyway, what an it's idiot. the kind of guy who sees, a, you know, like, those videos where yeah, there's, like, lemon a lemon party in the 90s. Or, like, there's a cat on top of a dog's head, and he just keeps on scrolling. All right, I, I think we kind of went downhill in the last few minutes. So, yeah, the guy <laughs> called in. I guess, I guess it really upset him that uh, I told this delightful story of my friends who recovered their dog while they're traveling. Oh, sorry. Some people hate whimsy. Sorry. Um, here's another voicemail from our old friend, Mike Gams, friend and fan of the show. Listen to this. Hey, Maddox. It's me, Mike Gams, again. Uh, thanks for playing my voicemail last week, but uh, I couldn't help but notice that you led into it by saying, speaking of boners, Mike Gams called into the show. <laughs> There's a lot of ways I could take that. I'm not sure if you're saying that my presence induces boners or that I remind you of a boner or that I'm a boner. Uh, but the way I'm going to take it is that, you know, I'm like a boner, which is that 
I pop up unexpectedly sometimes, and a lot of times <laughs> I'm a lot of fun, but a lot of times it's really awkward to have me around, like if you're at work or something. Anyways, another good episode. Uh, Ron Babcock, doing good. Uh, I like your little newscaster Taylor guy, little ruckus size guy. He's fun. Uh, anyways, keep up the good work, and uh, bye. Yeah, call from Mike Gams, and I was calling him a boner. Yeah, I think that is a compliment. To be called a boner? Yeah, and boners are... Pr- hey, listen, I like boners. Like, Well, I like my boner. I don't like... You like boners? So I like, I like my if, boner. If your boners are a bunch of guys, yeah. and you prefer if they have a boner? He does the bone con. Boners, I just yeah. think boners are powerful. They are the cause. They help with reproduction. They do. I, sure. you know, as a mic myself, I want to just say to Mr. Gams that uh, he didn't call you a flaccid penis, or he didn't hear flaccid and yeah. then jump at Mike Gams. A regular, yeah. Bo- yeah. This and, this is the strongest that that penis could be. Just a nice boner, Hercules. You're you basically know. calling someone, hey, a boner. You're basically saying, hey, you're full of blood. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you're engorged with blood right now. That's, that's a that's a good thing. People say about you when you have. A- when you're healthy, you have is you have good circulation, and what else has good circulation? Boners. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Doctors agree. Well, speaking <laughs> mm-hmm. of boners, <laughs> here's here's another call. Uh, it has nothing to do with boners. This guy was talking about uh, Facebook and whether or not you should delete it. Uh, here's what he says. I got a Facebook story for you, fuckface. <laughs> so years ago, like when I was 14, I bought this really rare, well, not super rare or anything, but just an off guitar. I really liked it. But then I fell in some hard times, man. Sold the guitar. And then the dude who found the guitar contacted me on Facebook and said, have you ever owned this black Guild S300? And I was like, oh my God, yeah, I love that guitar. I'll pay whatever you want to get it back. And he's like, yeah, sure, where do you live? And I told him where I live, and I never heard from that motherfucker again. So Taylor, if you're out there and you have my guitar, get it back. Yeah, there you go. So <laughs> I guess not all Facebook stories are successful when you were trying to get something back. Anyway, angry. Uh, we got one more. This is um, yeah. This is a call. This is a call. I talked about the the Pope last mm. time, right? I said I liked the current Pope. All right, I so, said that. Yeah, I made a statement. Here's a, here's a call. Has an issue with that. All right, Maddox. I just listened to the last podcast, and you're talking about how you love this Pope, and he's so great, dude. He's still terrible. He says all this nice stuff, and then turns around and still doesn't let you know gay priests exist, mm-hmm. and then dismisses all these things against the church. And mm-hmm. basically, he's just kind of the uh, nice PR guy, while the church keeps doing the same dumb shit it's always mm-hmm. done. You need to be a little bit more critical when it comes to this kind of thing. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, fuck whales. Uh, yeah, don't don't delete your Facebook. Yeah, fuck whales to you too. But this, so so the argument is yeah, you should be more critical of religion. You haven't been enough critical. Well, the the <laughs> argument is against this pope is like, oh, he didn't fix every problem. <laughs> the pope is making massive changes. Yeah, yeah, this is the most progressive pope they've had Dude, in, in centuries. Do, do, do these people have any idea what it takes to move? Let's say an organization with just fifty people, it's like a fucking immovable object. Yeah, you have an organization with one point two billion people. Making any changes is going to be a little difficult because of inertia. Yeah, hell, you're in a car with your friends trying to decide where to go eat or what movie to see. You can't even convince your friends to do anything. And you're criticizing the Pope because he didn't do enough? The most progressive Pope where he's made an official statement about abortion, about homosexuality, about, uh, uh, you know... Yeah, that you can't judge homosexuals. Who am I to judge, even though I'm supposedly the representative of fucking God? Yeah, about going to hell. This is the most progressive pub and he's like oh I still didn't, didn't fix all the problems you're trying to get pizza at your workplace decide what toppings to get yeah you that's like the, 20 minutes you know right there's there. actually an and algorithm no happy. a very simple algorithm to solve any of these issues for any of you who have friends and you have to, you have to make decisions quickly it's called um, plurality voting so essentially it works like yep, this yep, yep. you say who is okay with this? And you can vote as many times as you want. So that that's the whole issue. Because people are like, oh, I'm going to vote twice. I'm going to cheat the system. No, it's it's in the algorithm. It says, who wants pizza? This. You count. Who wants vegan? Count. The majority wins. The people who have raised their hand the most amount of times, that's the one who wins. That's called majority vote. Plurality voting is the easiest, quickest, and most democratic system for making so any like, decision. Who's okay with tacos? Okay, who's and you okay can with... vote multiple times. That's the point. Because usually ah. people say, "No, I can only vote once," and then somebody cheats. And the the point is, you do cheat. You you just say, "I'm okay with this," 
So maybe you it's the greatest it. common denominator. Yeah, of options, it's like right? you you it's not necessarily you want tacos, but it's okay. But Are you the kind like, of person who decides everything by numbers? Uh, not necessarily everything, but like, come on. Well, guys, I got one last voicemail. This is a caller. I talked about uh, you know the breeds of dogs. I I misspoke and I said brands. I guess. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Breed. B R E E D. Breed. Breed. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, we get it. Really? We get it. Yeah. But none of you guys understand it. Trigger. Yeah. You know what I was trying to say, moron? And by the way, I think brand is more appropriate because these dogs are are bred to be a specific brand of dog that they sell to people. You want a dog, you just go out and get a fucking mutt. Normal dogs are mutts. But then if you get a specific kind, like a Labrador, a purebred Labrador, that's a brand. It's like Jaguar and Tesla and Maserati. You get the thing, but it's a brand. What? Except you don't change your oil on them. You don't change, of course, you don't change your oil on your dog. You you probably should. I mean, I do on my dog. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I used to. Anyway, that's it for the voicemail. We should get on to the quick news headlines with our junior journalist, Taylor Nikolai. Taylor, what do you got for us? When Kelly Rowlett received the results from a DNA sample she had sent to Ancestry.com, she assumed there had been a mistake. Rowlett was not aware that more than 36 years ago, her parents had struggled to conceive. Their doctor recommended the mother mother undergo a procedure in which she would be inseminated with sperm from an anonymous donor who matched the couple's specifications. Her parents requested specifications like someone who was in college, taller than six feet with brown hair and blue eyes. Their doctor told them he had found a donor matching their description. The doctor used his own sperm. Oh, man. And even delivered the baby. The, so the doctor Holy just shit. that's creepy. Well, did, did, were, were the specifications correct? Uh, he was not in college. He was he. Well, he, was, he went to no, college. He went to college. He was he a, more than six you know, foot tall? Do you think that did the, he have blue eyes? I mean, I still wouldn't do it, but like, it, it, he didn't lie technically if the specifications were. Do correct. Do you think he produced the sperm, or if he's just like, <laughs> I got just the thing, and then he opened up his desk drawer <laughs> and he took out a sample? The only thing I think unethical here, because it does sound like uh, Federico, you're pointing out that he did deliver what they were no, requesting. No, I'm not saying he did. I'm, I was just asking if the specifications he, were. I, I'm That's assuming no because yeah. there is a lawsuit against him. Uh-huh. Okay, but the lawsuit. I think here's probably why. Here's the unethical thing, right? The doctor makes money by delivering babies and by delivering what they want. So he may have done this as a financial advantage for himself, right? So he may have just like said, oh, I got this, and then I'll deliver your baby yeah, as I don't well. think that, you get paid shit for but that. But how can I, she bring a lawsuit against him when she would not even exist without him? I think it's the mother, not not the not the person, not the not the baby. The, mo- the mother, the, the family. Mother. Okay, yeah. well then I missed that. Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. Anyway, uh, interesting story. Anything no, else? But it's unethical, I think, because of, you know... Uh, Still wrong, yeah. Other laws, like, it's a conflict of interest. A new survey has found that a third of young millennials in the United States aren't convinced the Earth is actually round. Oh, my Jesus. God. How many? Ooh. A third of young millennials aren't absolutely... In the U.S. Wow. A national poll... Wait, 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 in the U.S.? Yes. Yeah, okay. A national poll Dude, reveals... Don't that Italian shit. No, seriously, Lyra, how many people in Europe believe that shit? I think there is maybe like you... 10,000 in the entire fucking Hold continent. Hold on, you guys invented the flat earth theory, okay, shithead? We're not gonna take that shit from you. You guys, <laughs> you guys invented yeah, it. a thousand years ago, and we knew 3,000 years ago that it was round. Oh, Era yeah, we're, we're, what did this. you guys do with Galileo? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what well, I thought. That, that was about the heliocentric version, not, not mm. that it was oh, round oh. or flat. Oh, okay. Yeah, you want to talk about European? <laughs> yeah. All right, anyway, what do you got, Taylor? Uh, YouGov, a British uh, market research firm, pulled 8,000 adults in the United States to find out if they ever believed in the flat earth movement. Only 66% of young millennials answered that they have always believed the earth is round. Wow. 9% of young adults answered they have always believed, always believed, the planet is flat. Yeah, Nine. but it's, I mean, it's wow. not about belief, is it? Because you have proof. You, 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 you can... Well, yeah, first how of all, do you explain that to someone who doesn't... Where proof isn't enough? No, I understand. Or and doesn't even understand the proof. Like, here's the thing. It's all based on the stars, really, right? No, it, but it's, you, can do, you can do it with simple, some simple calculations. So, for example, if the Earth was flat, you could see Burj Khalifa from here in a very, very kind of... Uh, in, it, at night, right? At night, uh, if, if everything... Here is switched off, and you know there are lights over there. You could see the fucking Burj Khalifa, 
Well, there's a very simple test is you just look at a boat as it's going past the horizon and it slowly, you know, the height shortens yeah. and it kind of disappears. That's a very simple test. People kind of sussed that out long, long time ago. You don't need any fancy mathematics or uh, no, compasses but you see, or According to them, you kind of fall down a cliff of oh, nothingness. Of course, of course. So the, and mean, then they come back, but they come back. So then what? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I don't know. Who's that uh, presidential candidate who is the heart surgeon? Who ben ran? Carson. What's that? Ben Carson. That's right. Ben Carson. He's a brilliant like heart surgeon. And the top of his field, top of his industry, just really smart guy, but really, really dumb in terms of world history, uh, geopolitics, mm. regular politics, mm. just everything else. Everything else. And it's insane how somebody so smart in their field could be so dumb in everything else or most other things. Because well, when, you know, instead of reading books about world history, he was learning about aortas. I mean, that's kind of a logical fallacy, right? So, it's so, someone who's really good at, like, a, let's say, a neurosurgeon. Yeah. He might be a terrible driver. Now, becoming a good driver is not difficult. Becoming an excellent driver is difficult. But that's a skill. Difficult. That's not education. Like, to, to get to the top of your field, you have to have a good, solid bedrock of education. And you would assume that someone who's there not has that bedrock of education. Not necessarily, because well, if you're very Maddox specialized. Maddox is the best at everything. That's right. So, what? Maddox is the best at everything. Yeah, exactly. So that's that that covers everything. Taylor, the greatest and the best. Don't fuck that up again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> any other stories, Taylor? Uh, on the li- uh, I just wanted to end on a lighter note. Yeah. Uh, Japanese whaling vessels returned to port on Saturday after catching more than 300 mammals in the Antarctic Ocean. The fleet caught 333 <laughs> mink whales without any interruption by anti-whaling campaigners, the fisheries agency said in a statement. Japan is a signatory to the International Whaling Commission moratorium on hunting, but exploits a loophole that allows whales to be killed for scientific, scientific research. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tokyo says do. the slaughter is necessary for in-depth knowledge of whale behavior and biology, mm. but actually they're just eating them. Yeah, and yeah. then accidentally gets its way into the market. They're That's eating the specimens, guys. Yeah. yeah, they have to slaughter hundreds of whales for science. You know, see what happens. Mm. Got to see what happens every yeah. year. Let's see how this one tastes. Mm. Yeah. Oh, let's see how this one tastes. It's mm. a scientific experiment in taste and flavor. They got to go to Flavortown. Yeah. You, here here in uh, Federico, here in the United States, we have a great chef. His name is Guy Fieri, and he likes to take us to Flavortown, <laughs> and he takes us to diners, dive-ins, and drives, and uh, he likes to try their chili dogs and their, mm. you know, their hamburgers, and, uh, you know, and, he, and sometimes they're off the hook, and... <laughs> I mean, some of it is tradition and some of it is status symbol, like uh, shark fins, for example. It's yeah. almost exclusively a Chinese phenomenon and it's completely status symbol because the the, the, the taste, uh, I've been told, is nothing particular. It's actually kind of this jelly yeah. shit. Uh, I, I yeah. used to live in Flavortown. But it costs like $250 a piece. And and if you if you get it, it's like to signify it's it's virtue signal. You're signi- yeah. signi- signaling to the others, I'm so important, I'm so rich that I can spend two hundred and fifty dollars on something that absolutely is disgusting as taste and you know is unethical, but right. I can afford it. It's status signaling. I think yeah, that's what it is. Status signaling. Yeah, and I've, I've known people who've tried it before, and they say, yeah, it doesn't taste like anything. There's a lot it's of fucking... people with diabetes in Flavortown, and I feel like they're status signaling their <laughs> that their, they have diabetes. Yeah, they all yeah. have diabetes. I mean, this problem is particularly pronounced in the, in the US because it, it it has a culture of kind of treating food as a, a bit like something that you need to get over with. Like I don't see a lot of people here taking one, one and a half hour breaks for, for lunch or even lunch being respected as as a, as a company culture, for example. Um, did you not hear about the Flavor Town we were talking about <laughs> yeah, earlier? It's, it's, it's literally on the map. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like an escape flavor. pod. Like, your your life sucks, you're Although, so depressed. Okay, stuff food on your throat. You don't want to go to Flavor Town because the trolley system is uh, really bad, and you just never know where those things are going to fucking go. Yeah. So or what they'll hit. And yeah. mostly fat guys. Yeah, mostly fat people. Yeah. Yeah, and it'll stop the trolley. So, point US. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stop all the trolleys. Well, Federico, it's been a pleasure having you on. Where can people find you? Uh, so they can find me on Facebook or uh, on Twitter. Facebook, Twitter. Mostly, yeah, right. Federico Pistono. Or they can go to fede.online, F-E-D-E dot yeah. online. And, and check, out your, check out his books. I, I'm blown away by your website. You, you've done, I think it said over 42 keynotes, right? Or six, you did over 60 keynotes. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's probably more than 100 more in than, like 40 countries. Yeah, you're going everywhere, doing talks everywhere, and you're working on the blockchain 
uh, for the Hyperloop. Hyperloop right? transportation technology. The Hyperloop trans. It absolutely. This this is just amazing technology. That's What's coming. the word? Blockchain. Blockchain. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. How many and, Bitcoin do you have? Oh, a magician never reveals his secrets. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice try, Taylor. Did you invent Bitcoin? Yeah, yeah, I am Satoshi. Yeah, of course. Anyway, Federico, thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you to the Deputy Cadet Moderator, Ron Babcock. Uh, my, my head hurts. Thank, thank you. Thank you to the Sultan of Swag, Mikey Bolt. Hey. Thank you to the Junior Journalist, Taylor Nikolai. Thank you, Maddox. But most of all, you're welcome. I'm watching you defend your choice of food by saying that it came with cottage cheese and a fruit cup. Probably two of the worst breakfast items you can get at any restaurant. Hey, that's 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 terrible. You're not even defending your main entree. You're saying, oh, it came with some fucking lumpy-ass, disgusting, flavorless mush and a fruit cup, which probably came out of a can. Yeah, it wasn't out of a can. I made that clear in the episode. Federico, you have to believe me. It was four different types of fruit. It was not a shitty choice. My entree was delicious. I said it was a fiesta scramble. I said it had chicken in it. <laughs> hey there. Don't forget to subscribe to Madcast Shows on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Okay, bye. Madcast Media Network. <laughs>